Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by Betsperts. Welcome to The Deep Dive, racing fans, you're in for a treat. Uh, I am boots on the ground here at Churchill Downs, collecting information. Um, I will be talking to some horses later, figuring out how they feel about this race coming up. If you they're don't in, talk you know, to if, a horse, you whisper. <laughs> oh, there's a track. Oh, oh, excuse me. Whisper. I'll be whispering to some horses later, getting the inside information that we need to win money on the Kentucky Derby. Um, and uh, we are joined by our good friend, Mike Somich, at SomoBomb18 on Twitter. Um, the, 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 the horse handicapper whisperer and for, for what I know, uh, you know, one of, uh, one of our favorites in the space, just outstanding coverage year round with the racing dudes. Um, be sure to check out his work for the Derby this year. And I appreciate you making time to talk to us. Um, how has, uh, the run up been and, uh, can you give us just an overall temperature on your enthusiasm for this year's Derby? I'm pretty excited, man. I mean, I, this is this is the only race, well, maybe the Breeders' Cup Classic, too, that you spend two weeks basically breaking down every single aspect of it. And obviously, you have this six-month run-up to it where you have these prep races that are going on. Absolute blast. I love that we have 20 horses. I love that we have the $1 Superfecta back, which is absolutely awesome as well. It's a great bet if you want to get involved in there. You can win a ton of money for betting a little, just a little bit. But this is an exceptional race. Um, we've got 20 horses in the field. You've got two horses that are kind of vying for favoritism that I'm not a huge fan of, which sets it up to have a really good chance of hitting a big time, big time payday. And it's just there's no real big time favorite. We should see a Luke, lukewarm like four to one, nine to two type favorite go off at post time, which means that there's a lot of opportunities to cash, especially you have a big opinion. I really like two horses. So that's a great thing. So I'm, I'm hoping that I can be right this year again uh, and just just crush this derby, man. Yeah, if I mentioned this on Brown Bag, anybody caught that this morning, it is Racing Dudes on YouTube. Literally the second Mike drops off this stream at the top of the hour, <laughs> he will be on another show. So if you want more horse stuff after this, you can check him out there. It's a, You do a daily show every day at like 1 Eastern, apparently. Is the, yeah, we're is doing time slot. We're doing a 1 Eastern show every day. This is the last day of the 1 Eastern shows. Then we'll have full card coverage uh, Thursday and Friday night for Friday and Saturday's cards, uh, which also will be available in podcast form as well. But, yeah, check out the, the YouTube page. We've got a bunch of pace breakdown, uh, post-position analysis, things like that. So you can get you can dive as deep as you want to. Obviously, the deep dive podcast. You probably want to get pretty into it. Uh, or you can just kind of take uh, view the little six, seven-minute videos and help you get ready for the Derby. Okay. I was, say, well, right, I was saying yeah. that before Drew came on. I like that. It's got a little for every – like, if you want – a really, really in-depth look. There's some long videos with a lot of info, but there's also like, hey, here's six minutes on what we thought about the draw. Like, it's got a little bit for everybody. And that, I mean, yeah. that's my first, we talked a little off air about that, but a little on the draw. I know you did that on a show. You broke down, hey, here's historically how people do out of spots. Like, guess what? You get the 20 draw, you're dead. Like, you're just, you're just X'd off the sheet immediately. A few at the end like that. But like, my questions are, is there anybody near the rail who can compete? Or are we just kind of looking right at the middle? And then, you know, anyone, anyone in that 10 to, well, let's just say 10 to 17, because that's where my cross off starts. Like, what, the, what do you think of the draw for some of the horses you liked before they got drawn? Yeah, so um, for me, the horses that I liked drew well, which I'm, I'm really fortunate from that perspective. And honestly, the horse that I was most on the fence to use or not use was the one horse, Mo Donegal, uh, ran really well in the wood up in New York, drew the rail. 
they had this new gate. And so, you know, there's a bunch of people speculating, hey, this new gate's going to make it a lot easier for the rail horse. Last year was the first year with that new gate. Go back and watch Known Agenda, ironically, a Pletcher I rad horse. It didn't work out very well. There was just an avalanche of horses that came across. He broke well. The two horse broke poorly. So best possible scenario. And he still was shuffled back to third to last by the first time under the finish line because everyone wanted to vie for position. And that was in a race without a ton of horses that really wanted position. And this is a race where you have a lot of horses that want early position, not necessarily the lead, but want to be in that that first group of five. No, that's a really good point, and I agree with you. You know, we'll get to who you like and and how the draw, draw broke down for them. Um, but uh, to kind of step back a bit and look at the quality of this race, um, the people in the know are all kind of in unison here. This is a high quality race. It's deep and it is very competitive. Like there is not, uh, there's no justify in this field. There's no American Pharaoh in this field. There's no one who is like a, who really ought to go off as the clear favorite yet. The morning line was very favorable for Zandon and for uh, Epicenter. And, you know, we know that we live in this world now where the paramutual market is going to get nuked on race day by Mattress Mac. Um, do you, Number one, do you understand why those horses were morning line favorite? And number two, you know, what, who would you guess gets the money at the end of the day and is just the proverbial, uh, you know, fade the favorite? Well, great question. So, yeah, look, Epicenter makes a ton of sense. Epicenter has been the number one horse on a lot of people's lists throughout this this prep process. He's done absolutely nothing wrong. Uh, last time out down in Louisiana, he showed the ability to stalk, which was huge. He went wire to wire in the two previous preps. This one, he's going to sit off of the last one. He sat off of the pace, was able to make a move. That's what you're going to need to do here. Classic Causeway or Summers tomorrow is going to make the lead. I, I think it's going to be Classic Causeway out of the 17 post. Epicenter would burn up if he tried to go right to the front. Now, he's going to have to use a little speed out of the three-post to get there, but he makes sense as a favorite. He's got good buyer numbers, good time form numbers. Everything lines up. Zandon's a little interesting to me. Uh, the horse has caught more steam in the last couple weeks. If you told me he was going to be the favorite a month ago, I would have said you're crazy. Um, but he looked really good at Keeneland. Uh, it's Chad Brown. It's Flavian Pratt. It's a sexy horse in that sense. The horse is working out really well in Kentucky. Uh, so he's more of a steam horse to me. He lost to Modonigal. He got worked. Um, it, he, he got worked in a couple starts by multiple horses in this field. So when you look back at it and you're like, all right, do I really want to put my money on Zandon? When when he went down to Modonigal and when he lost to Epicenter, lost to Smile Happy and the Risen Star, that one, you're really projecting that consistent improvement. And I'm just not sure that that's there. I, I would not back him at three to one. I wouldn't back anyone in this race at sub four to one. But him at three to one specifically seems a little crazy to me. Just uh, kind of a quick step back. And one of our favorite things to do on this show with any guest in any sport in any realm is talk process. And like we, we dove right into it because we've done this so many times in a row with you. But like explain the pace thesis to like people who just don't and why it's important where it comes in in the process and then you know if there's cases for you to make and I, the way i think about it is like do some people have a main pace thesis but you also have like you know like 70 percent of the time i think this is kind of how things goes but we have these alternate reality like your multiverse of pace thesis uh but I, I think just explaining what it is in general to some of the people who maybe aren't super familiar with horse racing yeah, for sure. I mean, it's all about pace makes the race, right? So an inferior horse can win a race if it gets an advantageous pace, right? So if there's absolutely no one up front and one horse who doesn't, who's worse than the rest of the horse in the race gets to run really slowly in front of them, they have much more energy, much more stamina to burst home. And it's much more, much harder to catch them. If you have four or five horses out vying for the lead, 
and they go way too fast early, they're going to be exhausted late. And that means that you're going to see horses running from the back and have an advantage. So the key with the derby and the pace thesis and that is how fast are the horses up front going to go and how much are they going to back up late? Because it just three-year-olds going a mile and a quarter, it's hard to close quickly. And so you either need to make a big move around the turn or you need the forward-placed horses to really back up. 2013 was the first year we had the points process, which eliminated a lot of the sprinters out of the derby. And so since then, we've seen slower paces and horses who are more forwardly placed fare much better. And just to kind of accentuate that point, no horse has won the derby who has finished in the top or no horse has won the derby who wasn't in the top two with a quarter mile left in the race. So the, the, there's a unbelievable, unbelievable stat are just yeah. crushing it. Right now they can hit the they can hit the super pretty easily. But to be able to actually win the race, you got to be in the top two at the quarter pole. We're all wow. winners only here, so we we don't really. Uh, I mean, I know I, the super like a, is a fun I did, play, but I did catch the superfecta <laughs> a few years ago. Yeah, it was I know. one of and those where it was the, like the real chalky one. Well, where... let's, well, but we start at the top and we work our way down the card. Yeah, 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 so yeah. let's start. We start at the top. Um, so well, let's top assume, payout is super. Okay, I guess is it an overstatement to say that the that pace thesis matters more for this race than any other horse race all year? Yes, easily. because there are tw- and it's because there's because of the twenty horses, right? right? Yeah. Yep. So it's okay. much more likely to see a, a cooked pace. It's much more likely to see a backed off pace just because you have all these horses that you have to analyze. If you analyze it correctly, it can point you directly to the right horses. You just have to be right about that pace. And if you are, it's a big positive. This year is one of the tougher years to be right about it, though. Uh, we've got one complete wild card in summers tomorrow on the four horse, who is a sprinter who ran over in, in Dubai. Uh, it ran in the UAE Derby, made the lead there. But international horses generally don't break well when they're here in the U.S. They have gate issues. If he can't get out and he can't press the 17 classic causeway, no one else in this race wants to lead. Everyone wants to be second, third, fourth, fifth, but no one wants to lead. And the thing is, the first quarter might be hot, but after that first quarter, no one wants to pass classic causeway. They're going to let him go whatever pace he goes at because they all expect him to back up. So if, yeah. if it's just classic causeway out there and it's epicenter, it's Messier, it's, you know, Zozos who are all kind of chasing him. They're going to wait for him to kind of slow down. They'll let him get away with a 24-second quarter because you know what? They want to get away with a 24-second quarter. Yeah. They won't yeah. want to cook themselves either. Yeah, okay. And so that's the other – yeah, you, you, it's not like you have the local jockeys around. Like these are these are super high-end jockeys who know – like that. that's the same <laughs> thing. I mean it's just – you're studying what they're studying. Like they have a game plan, but they have to change mid-race if things go, you know, pear-shaped on them as we talked about Paul Allen. Before the show, that's something you would say, pear shape for sure. But uh, and you, you mentioned the international horse, the gate issue. Like uh, that might be. It sounds stupid to even ask if there's like different gates. It's just a case of they're they're not ever in races with this many horses. Or why do these international horses have trouble with gates? They're trained differently. Is, is the sure. the easy answer, right? So in the U.S., we train for speed. That was me. It's, we train for speed, especially on dirt. Oh. The goal is to be able to really push the pace under. You want to go wire to wire much more often. You're trying to to be more forwardly placed, and that's how trainers in the U.S. train horses. When you're training overseas, you don't have is that same like, hey, we really got to blow it up early. We got to get the speed out of them. And so when they come overseas, you'll see international horses. The first race just get kind of shocked by how fast early paces are set up here in the U.S. So it's just tough for those horses to transition. It's one of the reasons we've seen Crown Pride blowing it out four workouts in 11 days over that Churchill track, trying to get him keyed up to be ready for what he's going to see on Saturday. Okay, so there's a Brisnet running style that kind of gives you an idea of how a horse fits with the pace thesis. And I put it together and throw out every early horse because they burn up. 
Mm -hmm. I throw out every closer because this is no longer a closer's race. And the pressers are, yeah, not, not really my cup of tea. So I'm, I'm really zeroed in on the early, early pressers. And in that field, there are some really good horses. In fact, this year's class, especially like if it doesn't come from that group, the winner doesn't come from that group. I will be like, I'll fall out of my chair. It's pretty surprising how uh, how many EPs we have and how often they've been successful. I think it's like EPs have won the Derby. I want to say it's it's like, oh, man, I Slim put up the stat last night. I think there's 11 EPs that have won the Derby in the last 22 races, something like that. So it's close to 50% that you're getting that EP number. Check out the full video. It's like an hour and a half because Slim broke it on this slide, slideshow yesterday. But EPs are clutch. And this year we have a ton of them. We've got 11 in the race. There's 11 of those yellow EP horses. And it's where most of the classes. I mean, the, the two horses that people talk about, Zandon and Modonigal, are the only two that aren't in that EP. Both of them are more closers. Everyone else that's a competitor really is in that group. That includes Epicenter. That includes Messier. That includes Taiba. So the horses that you're going to hear talked about a ton are going to want to sit close to the pace and kind of sit right behind the leaders and then make a big move on the turn and hopefully hold on. Okay, so true or false, we can toss Zandon and Modonigal on the basis of their only hope is there is a pace meltdown. Uh, true on Modonigal, false on Zandon. Uh, okay. I think Zandon. I think Zandon has more tactical speed than he's been given credit for. Uh, if you go back to his first race, he broke his maiden in a sprint race and went just over 46 and four for the first half mile. 46 and four would probably set the pace in this race. So he has the speed to be close. The question is, how is that going to affect his kick if he chooses to do so? He's also got Flavian Pratt up, who rode Country House. Country House was a deep closer. He had Country House much closer to the pace that day. I expect okay. we're going to see something similar because Pratt's on the horse. Okay, which, uh, very cool. Which, very cool. Which which horse? So let's just what are what are the odds? Just give me a percentage that we just see this classic causeways out early. Like that's, it's nothing's a certainty, but just it feels 90%. Like, yeah. 90, 90 plus. So. You'd have to which, miss the break not to lead the yeah. race is my assumption. Which horses are the threats to go try to duel with him for pace to cause the meltdown? Like who do you have to watch to, to do that? It's only it's only summer, right? Is it is it just it's, the one? Yeah, it's just summer is tomorrow. The other per one that people have been throwing out is possibly Epicenter because Epicenter drew the three. That can be a tough post draw. Sure. Um, and if, if you're going to definitely want to use a little more horse, right? Because you want to get right behind whoever the leader is, and you don't want to get caught in that avalanche. Uh, you, the horse breaking out of the three hole hasn't hit the trifecta since 2013. It's not a great post. You don't really want to be in there because the one gets the, all the avalanche. The three still gets quite a bit of horses. I mean, you have 20 horses. They all want the rail. Guess what happens? They all start diving in after the break, and it, it can be tough for anyone who's on the inside. Um, so I expect Epicenter to use a little more tactical speed. But I don't trust Joel Rosario. He was on Rock Your World last year. We saw how that happened. He didn't even yeah. have his feet in the stirrups when the gate broke. And he loves to rate horses. He's not someone yeah. who wants to go to the lead. If, if he has the best horse to go to the lead, he will. And he's done it with, with uh, horses like Nick's Go and Jackie's Warrior. And, but his general style is to finish well, not to start well. And so I wouldn't be shocked if he tries to rate him a little bit. But you should see a little bit more speed early out of Epicenter. But I don't see him pressing Classic Causeway. Is Rosario the kind of guy that would overrule Asmussen if Asmussen says go for the lead? Uh, not intentionally. Um, I, he's, he's one of those guys where, you know, racing things happen, right? <laughs> uh, oh, I, don't I ran he, the race I wanted to run. Sorry. You know, I, I pushed him and he just couldn't get there and it made more sense in the moment to back off. That's the answer okay. he would probably give okay. you. Um, okay. I, don't, I don't see Asterson saying go to the lead, though, because I think if they try and go with Classic Causeway, they end up burning him up. I think the important thing for Epicenter is to be close to Classic Causeway and then try and back off the pace to get, kind of save some uh, – 
save some for late for, for that late kick. <laughs> Love the yeah. So the um uh so let's cut to the chase then. Uh the two California horses uh got good dress. Um, mm-hmm. these, the, the, a little bit of background that we should probably give people on, on these. And, you know, not a lot of people are talking about this around here because it's a weird touchy subject. Uh, <laughs> Bob Baffert suspended, uh, and the, uh, the two horses that were effectively under his care as far as training, uh, got shipped to Richard Yachtin. Um, and they're kind of referred to as the Yafford horses this year. Um, they're good. <laughs> these are good horses. Uh, they're fast. Uh, and they've put together, the, in my opinion, at least, these two, uh, you know, kind of co-most impressive performances of the season at the Santa Anita Derby. That was a very, very, very fast race. It was, it was a, an, an extremely impressive performance. The horm- these horses we're talking about, of course, Taba, uh, who has only been raced twice, and Messier, who, um, you know, if you want to try to ding him, it looked to me like he yielded at the end of that race. Um, what is your current temperature on those two horses and how do you kind of get over the, some of the drawbacks that I mentioned in terms of experience and, uh, and competitiveness? Yeah. So let's, let's, let's look at those two. Cause I think that's a great, great point to bring up Drew. First off. Yes. They were Bob Baffert horses. Now they're with Tim Yachtin. For those who don't know, Tim Yachtin was an assistant trainer to Bob Baffert for like 10 years. So, uh, he knows the playbook and shockingly Bob Baffert's top groom is currently the groom for Messier, the exercise rider, out there with Messier. So, uh, yeah, they're not Bob Baffert's, but they're Bob Baffert's in spirits. We've been calling them Yafford's for a while. Uh, another fun stat for you. So time form is another good way to look at uh, to, to kind of look at a horse's numbers. Of the last 18 derbies, Epicenter's time form number, his best number, wins zero of them. Zandon's best time form number wins one. Messier and Taiba's best time form number win 11 of the 18. And that includes two triple crown winners. So if you take those out, they would have won 11 of the 16 races without the triple crown winner. So it shows you how good that Santa Anita Derby was. They both possess tactical speed. In fact, I think Messier could get the lead if Classic Causeway doesn't break. I think he's the most likely horse outside of Summers tomorrow to be up front. Taba has one of the best early time form numbers, one of the best late time form numbers. And I would say he's probably the most talented horse in the field. It's just the lightly raced aspects of it really brings a lot of questions into it. It's a... So yeah, when I when I, I clicked on Messier because I couldn't remember the jockeys at all. I never can. I wanted to see who's riding because that's one that would be you know maybe in that second pack, but clearly not not going to go up and ruin the pace for us. And yeah, I saw the the actine. I'm like, what the hell is this? And, and I was like, oh yeah 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 yeah. We have a it's a whole thing because it's just yes. like in your head. It's like it's a Baffert horse. It's kind of mm-hmm. like when uh, when Sean Payton gets suspended. It's like ah, he's still kind of coaching, isn't he? <laughs> like I'm I'm sure he's putting in some notes. During Definitely there, not but, calling in. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But like, and that was something too. I mean, I remember somebody we knew wanted to bet Messier in the fixed odds like two months ago, just like, because he said like, this is coming. This is probably like, if you have a horse of this caliber and of this, the amount of money you've put into it, like you're going to find a way to make it down to Churchill with it. So I'm, I, it's, whatever. I don't want to get into the politics. I'm glad the best horses are here. Like that makes it more fun. Like punishing the horses because Bafford might've uh, allegedly done this, that, or the other thing doesn't seem like the best opportunity for the, for the racing community in general, but like, are, are people are like the old blood going to be pissed if these horses, if one of these horses wins, like, are people going to be mad about it? If Bafford wins secondhand, I'm sure Churchill Downs won't be happy. But like, look, we all, we're all gamblers. You bet with your head, not with your heart, right? Exactly. Like, do I want to see Baffert win a derby? Probably not. 
uh, am I going to pick one of those two horses? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> spoiler alert. Like it's coming. <laughs> so spoiler alert, <laughs> which <laughs> of the two? Cause honestly, like, uh, you know, the, if it, you know, there are, it has been kind of shade thrown on Taba for the travel hasn't looked great. You know, you know, some, some warts there, um, some concern about just in general, uh, you know, fitness and, you know, injury concerns. Um, and then Messier, as I mentioned, like you don't feel great seeing that horse not give you more competitive spirit at the end of the Santa Anita Derby. Um, are you willing to give a pass there? And are you at this point on the Messier bandwagon? So I'm, I'm on the Messier train. Um, I, I, the standing to Derby to me is one of those races. When you look back and you watch it, it looks like a horse who needed the race. That was Messier's first off a longer layoff. And if you talk, if you, if you kind of read between the lines, the ownership group knew Messier was running first or second, and that's what it took to get in the Derby. So you don't need to fully crank the horse at that point, right? You don't want them to put out their top effort um, if you know that you're going to get in. Because in their mind, there's no way they're not running behind both Forbidden Kingdom and Teva, right? I think they knew that they were better than Forbidden Kingdom. I, I definitely thought they were better than Forbidden Kingdom. And so if you know you're finishing first or second, you don't have to get everything out of that horse. You want to save some more for the Derby. Teva, on the other hand, I mean, the trainer didn't really want to enter it, right? The, the bloodstock yeah. agent was saying don't enter it. The owner was really pushing to enter it. I think they weren't sure what they had there. Now, they, they thought they had a really good horse, but they thought it might be too fast too soon. So they put him in there, and I think he was fully ready to go for that race, where Messier wasn't quite fully ready to go. Messier is also tact more tactical. And I wouldn't be shocked, again, if Messier wired this field, if Classic Causeway doesn't break. And he's out in the 17 post. A lot can go wrong from that 17 oh, post. If Messier wiring the field would be so good. Oh, I'm just saying, man, we've seen it before. We've seen this two years in a row where Baffert's gotten out there and just gotten kind of loose and then ends up winning the race. I, I wouldn't be shocked if he sits either in the lead or in second or third, and, and he's going to make the lead, I think, top of the lane. It's can you come and get him. And, and look, Taiba has every chance to do so. I'm probably going to have Taiba in second. I think this is the most logical exacta. And right now, the, the price for it is, I mean, if you look Stupid. at an 8 to 1 over 12 to 1, you're talking like a 70 80 $90 exacta for a buck, which is crazy. Um, I might, you know what? I might even box it for two. I, <laughs> uh, the way the way, yeah. the way the way Tava closed in the Santa Anita Derby wouldn't be crazy. Um, wouldn't be crazy. That, that, that's the other thing too. You talk about the Santa Anita Derby. It makes you think of like one of the early heats in like Olympic swimming. You know, the person who's winning the gold medal might not win that heat, but it's just sure. one of those where it's like you know they know they're going to beat four of these people if they swim eighty percent. They're that good, and it, it could be you know it, it, like Drew said, it could be a cause for concern. It's tough to tell. Horses can't talk. Well, we've got win in place. They did, you know, if they held them back a little, yeah, if they held them back a little, and we got win in place figured out. What's the rest of the superfecta look like for you? I don't think you can discount Way to Barrio. Um, he is he his last quarter is an issue in the Florida Derby, but he ran really fast. He was hung four wide out there. Uh, I taught I did an interview with the owner. They actually wanted the 14 post. They ended up drawing the 15 post. He's another horse with a lot of tactical speed. He's gonna let the 17 clear and be able to kind of sit in fourth or fifth two or three wide on that first turn, hopefully, and then a couple wide on the second turn. He's been doing everything right as we've kind of progressed up, so I think he makes a ton of sense. Um, I do think Zandon is probably a horse that you want to be using in your supers. I think Pratt keeps him closer to the pace, and you often see one horse who's able to really close up. The 10 post was a good draw for him because he's not going to get fully shuffled back. He should be able to sit in like 12th spot, somewhere around there, around that first turn, hopefully save some ground to two to like second off the rail and be able to make that one big run. He's got the big kick around the turn that can make some noise. And then a price that I like is actually a horse that I've been against for a while that I'm kind of flipping because the number's gone up. 
Smile Happy sitting out of the five post, uh, currently 20 to one on the board. He was actually the derby favorite in the first three future pools that they held. Um, he was came out of a key race where Classic Causeway and White of Barrio both came out of uh, last year. He seems to be peaking at the right time. And his trip in the at Keeneland when he got beat by Zanon by three or four lengths was awful. And he still came home really well in that race. So I think he's got a shot to, to kind of blow up the super at a little bit of a price. He's currently 20 to one on the morning line. That's fantastic. Before we move off the derby and get your thoughts on the Oaks. For our friends who play the matchups at yeah. the offshores, I, 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 I have <laughs> any, one. Yeah, any, I have one. Any any shining uh, thoughts on the mat on potential matchup fades? Fade tis the bomb. Okay, yeah. he's twenty to one. Um, he is a turf horse. We saw him come in second to Modern Games uh, in the uh, or my smart science uh, in the the turf race, uh, and so he ended up winning the turf race essentially because of the whole train wreck there was at the Breeders' Cup, and we texted about that a little bit. He came back and he looked really impressive at Turfway Park. Well, Turfway is a synthetic course, not a dirt course, okay? That is a more favorable toward turf horses. So he has this big number coming off a big win. He was known at the Breeders' Cup, so there's a bunch of buzz around him there. He's won once on the dirt. It was at Ellis Park. He ran a mile and a 137. One horse has come back to win out of that race on dirt. It was five furlongs at a maiden claimer at Belterra Park, which none of us know where it is. So there's absolutely nothing in that race. He ran once on the dirt this year. It was at Florida. He got spanked by White Abario, by Mo, Zan, uh, Mo Donegal, uh, by Simplification, and he just could not handle any of the kickback on the dirt. Now you're in a field with 20 horses where you're not making the lead. You're breaking in a bad post. Like, good luck, man. I'll, I'll, I think he's the likely horse to finish last right there with, like, Smile Jack and a couple There's others. Plenty of horses near his odds where you might get some decent prices. I don't have a – I have, like, five matchups I found just now. Taiba over Mo Donegal as a dog. I would take Taiba in a second there. Yeah, and yeah like I, I if you can get if you can there. get him against, let's say, I don't know, Cyberknife who's in the sixteen. I would take Cyberknife over him. Um, uh, Tizabom's in the nine. I would take Charge at the eight over him. I would take Crown Pride the seven over him. Um, I, I legit think that he could end up finishing last in this race. I'm down. You know I'm most down for me. I love matchups. I, the so, matchups are the worst actually, because everybody's dying at the end. Everyone knows who won. Everyone knows who hits the board. And then yeah. all the matchup betters are like, Twitter loses its mind. Who has the full 20? Like, give, give me the me full the, 20. The yeah, full I need the full 20. I need to know if the 17 beat the uh, you know beat the 18. And that's, a, you know, they're in yeah. 19th and 20th place. Hey, um, you know, final final thought because I forgot, about, forgot to ask this. Weather does not look great. If it's an off track, does that change your opinion about any of this? Uh, Zanin's the one horse who I think does not benefit from an off track. One of the, the cool parts about the U.S. racing is that a lot of the really good sires were also really good in the mud. So your gun runners, your, Mo, your uh, Uncle Moe's, you have a lot of sires in here who want off tracks. So, no. I mean, the, the beautiful part about this, a lot of these horses would like the slop, would enjoy it. So I don't I don't think it's going to be a big issue. Uh, Zanin would be one. I also, again, the international horses. No clue what they're going to do on an off track. So <laughs> yeah. They would be kind of downgrades there for me too. Yeah. Okay. Don't you don't get muddy conditions in Dubai that often? Yeah, it usually doesn't rain that much. <laughs> so let's talk about the Oaks here, William. We'll get you out of here. We appreciate all your time. Um, Kentucky Oaks, of course, is on Friday. It's the premier race with the Phillies. Um, and honestly, it's not as difficult a handicap. There's really only three horses you need to really break down, in my opinion. Uh, where are you at right now with uh, an Oaks Derby double? So this, this for me, the Oaks Derby Doubles is one of the best bets of the weekend because I like both California horses. <laughs> You're getting a big price on them. And I have a big opinion in the Oaks. I'm throwing up the O, baby. I, I love oh. Kathleen O. She's coming, she's coming from Florida. Um, you're going to get a lot of buzz around Echo Zulu. Ness coming out of Kentucky. She ran really well last time. But if you go back and watch Kathleen O's races, she's never been asked, not even a little bit. And this horse improved <laughs> every single time. 
Um, and, and there's a bunch of speed in here. It should set up well for her in that sense. Yuri Guri is going to press press uh, Echo Zulu early. And if that happens, I, I mean, I, I think Kathleen O at 7-2 is an absolute steal. Right now, like the projected double is like 50-1 to 1 with her oh into those California horses. So I, I'm... I'm on record. If I get fifty to one, I'll be dropping a couple hundred bucks on that thing and see if we can walk out with with you know ten stacks. Go buy a racehorse, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, pick pick a horse on the way out, and that's the beauty because mm. it feels like every year it's like one or the other. There's a real chalk horse, and it stinks. It it, it drops your double to like we should bitch about ten to one odds or something. Debating spreads at minus one ten. You're complaining about yeah. ten to one. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's super fun to have a feasible double that could pay 40 50 to one where yeah. in your mind you're not like i'm not just taking a stupid shot like this can happen that's i, you know, I think if you either want to play kathleen o as a single into both taiba and messier or if you want a single messier and you want to play kathleen o and you want to play ness who i think has a legit shot if you're looking for long shots i think nostalgic's a little interesting i think goddess of fire is a little interesting although i don't think goddess of fire can win i think she's better underneath uh she got beat pretty handily by kathleen o without kathleen o really asked last time out in Florida, but nostalgic's been improving. I think Ness is legit, but I think Kathleen O is a standout in that race. I love it, man. All right. Well, Oh, Miss O Messier, uh, this weekend, let's get him. Uh, appreciate all that insight. And, uh, you know, any final thoughts closing out here and where can people track down your work again? Yeah, so check us out, uh, Racing Dudes on YouTube. That's where you can check everything out. The Magic Mike Show uh, podcast. We're going to have the Dirt Pick 5 that we're covering for this weekend today. We'll be live doing that on YouTube, and you can catch that anywhere you get podcasts. Follow me on Twitter, at SamaBomb18. Uh, I got just a ton of content. I'll tweet out everything I do for the Derby there, so make sure you check that out. Uh, be on You Better You Bet later today, so you can give out the yeah. super that I'm playing there. So make sure you check that out as well. So, yeah, we'll be all over the place. You can get sick of me this week, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Well, best of luck. Enjoy the races. Uh, appreciate all your content and uh, thanks for uh, thanks for all the time. Of course, yeah. guys. Great to be back on here. Hope we gotta do it again before next year's Derby. Obviously, <laughs> Breeders' Cup for sure. It's at Keelan this year. We'll see. It you is. There. It's gonna be a blast. <laughs> thanks, Mike. All right, take care, guys. That was fun, man. Do you want to go a little longer, or you gotta run? Oh no, I gotta keep I gotta keep moving. Yeah. I didn't yeah, I didn't yeah. know I didn't know if you had to run too of like, like extending. Which, yeah, no, I know.